Welcome one, welcome all. We did it, we made it, the regular season, and here we are to get you through it. This is the NFC East Mixtape, the greatest crossover ever attempted and successfully landed in the history of mankind. You can listen to this podcast in any of four different places. Blog of the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content. Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content. Big Blue View, SB Nation's home for New York Giants content or Hogshaven SB Nation's home for Washington Commanders content. You can also watch it on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. He is Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. I am RJ Ochoa from Blog on the Boys. If you can't tell, we work for SB Nation. BLG, how goes it? Do you have a PlayStation, RJ? Um, That's a funny question. I don't know if you're asking that like with an ulterior motive in mind. I actually, as we're currently speaking, have a PS5 in transit. Uh, it's mm. supposed to arrive at my house sometime later this week. I finally was able to get one. So I have a PS4, uh, but I'm I'm on the on the path to PS5. I'm waiting for the stupid joke that's about to hit. So not an Xbox guy. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's a few episodes ago mm. of uh, of Monday Football Monday. Yeah, uh, that was a, a a good throwback. Are you a few weeks behind on uh, on the Espionation NFL show? No, I just didn't want you to be ready for it. So I had to, I had to lie in the weeds and wait and sabotage you and, and throw you off your game at a week uh, one. I'm trying to rattle you. This is it, RJ. You can't be unprepared. The season is here. You weren't ready for that. Bad job by you. But uh, it's a big episode, RJ. They really all the mixtape mixtapes. See, I just did it to myself. I just said mixtape. The mixtape episodes are, but this one especially because this is like prime mixtape season, right? Because it's one thing to talk about all the teams in the offseason. Who cares? It's the games mm-hmm. that matter. And obviously, we're not getting any division games week one, which I think is what's different for sure, because it feels like the Cowboys and Giants used to play every year week one once upon a time. <laughs> um, and I, I still think we should see an Eagles-Cowboys week one game because it hasn't happened, I think, in like over 20 years or so now. But uh, it's nice to see everyone's back in action. It is uh, nice to kind of fall into our, our rhythm. I, I'm sure you get this question a lot, like from family and friends, like, you know, about your job and things like that. I mentioned where we work. The regular season, while hectic, is kind of nice because it does sort of like schedule you out. Like, you know, the same thing kind of happens every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so on and so forth. Um, so it, it's nice to kind of fall into the, the regimen that we've known and loved for so long. Um, I do want to mention, um, you, you mentioned my Xbox, uh, you know, misstep a few weeks ago, Monday football Monday. That's one of the shows that I'm a part of on the SB nation NFL show. So people can listen to this show, the NFC's mixtape on their preferred podcast platform, by the way, whatever team that they're a fan of. Uh, if you're an Eagles fan, make sure you subscribe to, to BGN radio. If you're a Cowboys fan, subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast network, so on and so forth. If you leave a rating and write a review, those things earn you bonus points and we will read them. I'm going to do that very quickly, Brandon, before our special announcement that some people may not be aware of. The first one comes to us, uh, both of these two uh, are from the blog and the boys side, uh, from GOB Frog. Um, it is titled RJ dot dot dot, and its five-star rating says, is so great, I just listened to an hour-long post game for a football game I did not watch. I believe GOB Frog is an Eagles fan, so um, appreciate the love on the blog and the boys side of things. Um, this one is more specific to the mixtape. Are you ready? That other one was really for your benefit, not mine. Um, this is from David Griffith, 01. It is titled Cowboys Greater Than Sign Eagles to Win the Super Bowl. Five-star rating. Here we go. NFC East mixtape. I am again an Eagles fan doing the cross review because one, RJ is my favorite Eagles fan. And two, as an avid mixologist, I love the debate. As an Eagles fan, I'm starting to get worried about all the Super Bowl love for my team. 
We never perform when the league thinks we're good. So I figured I'd reach out to my favorite Eagles fan to lower my anxiety by telling the media three reasons why the Cowboys are more likely to win the Super Bowl than the Eagles. May the football gods bless us. Hashtag Eagles. The reasons are not listed for what it's worth. But yeah. (laughs) Interesting. That's a key component missing. Uh, I appreciate the listener going for the reverse jinx. I think that's clearly the attempt there. Uh, But I want you to get into the announcement, really. So, um... We're very, very fortunate, very blessed, um, and very lucky uh, to have a lot of people who enjoy listening to us talk about football, right? And we're very fortunate that our jobs exist, that you know our bosses like what we do and things like that. Um, big shout out to you and I. We created the mixtape. BLG and I, if anyone is ever curious, maybe maybe one day in, in the offseason we'll do a like, how the mixtape was formed episode, uh, kind of like a making the band type of documentary. Um, but BLG and I came up with that on our own. This is different. We were approached by our bosses. And this is now no longer the only show where you can hear us talk about football. Here on the mixtape, of course, we keep it uh, more pertinent than anything to uh, more pertinent than anything to the NFC East, I should say. Uh, but we have thoughts and takes and, and feelings and emotions about the NFL as a whole. So starting kind of last Friday, but really starting this Friday, you can hear Brandon, myself, and our good friend, our great friend Rob Stats Guerrera, over on the Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL Show feed. It's a different podcast feed, so whether you're BTB, BGN, Hogshaven, Big Blue View, go subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Listen to all of our shows, but every Friday, Brandon, Stats, and I, we will be running through each and every game coming that regular season week. Obviously, Thursday Night Football will react to and whatnot, uh, but it's going to be fun. BLG, we're looking forward to it. Well, actually, we're only going to talk about the Eagles and Cowboys on the look ahead as well, like we do here. We don't talk about the Commanders right. or Giants ever, as the listeners, some listeners, you are very salty about listeners, this. Mm-hmm. like to say. Uh, of course I am. Uh, it's all in good fun. But the other thing is, RJ, on a more serious note, you like to talk about how, we both like to talk about how, the mixtape is this crossover thing. You compare it you know, to the Marvel universe. And I think there's something to be said for an SB Nation universe where you're kind of missing out if you're not listening like to the mm-hmm. look ahead like you're, you're like okay who is this character like, who is that mm. so you have to you and there's obviously there's going to be references and things that are, are made on the look ahead that get brought up here just like i brought one up from monday football monday earlier so if you're not listening to the sb nation nfl show already you're missing out on content that relates to the content here so you have to consume it all if you really want to be tied into it yeah, we're like, consider the mixtape like Grey's Anatomy and the Espionation NFL show like private practice. And so, you know, there's all these doctors and administrative people that like, like you said, like, well, who's the stats guy? I've never heard of him. Stats is, we both have done a show with stats for years. Um, the Oddcast died because it wasn't that great of a show. Um, and it needed some help. Uh, and so every Friday we will be looking ahead. Um, that's why it's called the look ahead um, to the week that is coming in the NFL. We will make all of our picks. And in case you miss an episode, number one, shame on you. Uh, Number two, shame on you again. But number three, uh, on our social handles, certainly on Twitter and Instagram, at Brandon Gotten for both and at RGOCho for both, we will tweet out a graphic with all of our picks. If you're curious, we will be picking those straight up. It's a little bit complicated with the timing of things. We don't want to involve a spread and then have things change. You know how how the NFL world can work. Uh, We've already all picked the bills uh, for Thursday night. So that is an exciting thing. But, uh, But yeah, look at us. We're just... They want us to talk to each other more and more and more, Brandon. It's fun. Uh, we will reference the spread, of course, you know, for context of. Sure. You know, it's interesting to talk about the context of the line, which we will also be doing today in today's show because we have actually games to preview here. So not All quite right. the look ahead NFC East 
uh, mixtape. Not quite the same thing. It's not just about predictions, but it's, you know, it's a part of it. And uh, there's some news items to get to as well. Well, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys, right? Because we, on the mixtape, have always gone in order of divisional standings, which are subject to change a week from today. We don't know who's going to be the first team on the menu, but today it is still the Dallas Cowboys who signed a future pro football <laughs> Hall of Famer. Jason Peters leveled up in life and finally will have the opportunity to block for an elite quarterback, something that has plagued him to this point all throughout his career. He's never blocked for a quarterback worth anything. Uh, not the immediate left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys, um, given the, the ramp-up time. I don't know. Imagine if the Cowboys had signed him two weeks ago when the entire thing happened. That would have been He's smart. on the practice squad, right? Correct? He is on the practice yeah. squad. So, um, But there is the tricky, you can elevate two players three sure. times, so he might stay on there even once he's ready to play. Uh, my own personal prediction, we're recording this on Tuesday, September 6th, um, is that he will make his debut in 20 days from now. Uh, in week three, the Dallas Cowboys visit the New York Giants on Monday Night Football. The week before, don't get me wrong, I want to see them beat the Cincinnati Bengals, but we both know that game is far less meaningful than the Giants game. Um, so if you need two weeks of, of Jason Peters getting right, getting healthy at 40 years old and getting ready for an NFL season, take it. But this this is the thing that had to happen for the Dallas Cowboys. They painted themselves into a corner, and I don't know that this gets them out, but this is their best shot out of it. I do think given the circumstances, which we've talked about at length already, especially in last week's episode, specifically as it relates to the Tyron Smith injury, the damage was already done. Mm hmm. This does not fix that damage. This is not like wipe that all away. No, there's still right. damage that cannot. This is making the most of the situation at this point. I agree with that much. I do think Jason Peters still has some good football left in him, which I think is kind of maybe not a popular take in the Eagles uh, kingdom because, <laughs> of you know, Chiefs kingdom, Eagles kingdom, uh, the Eagles nest, if you will, uh, the bleeding green nation, because there were... <laughs> was a sour taste in Eagles fans mouths after the way things kind of ended with Jason Peters, where basically he would come back every year. He would be in the starting lineup and then he's getting hurt in the game and he's in and he's out and he's constantly in and out of the lineup. Like he played, I forget what it was. Maybe his last season for the Eagles, he played like all 16 games or something or most of them. But if you look at the snaps, he actually played, it was only like six like high sixties, low seventies. So that's what I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to be dealing with here. Like, and that's why this is like a complicated solution, quote unquote, to the problem, because it's not as simple as you plug and play with him and you can rely on him. He's going to have to come in and out of games. He, he, he absolutely is. So the Cowboys have to be ready for that. So it's like it's weird to me um, if you're going to put Tyler Smith at left tackle there to start out but then shift him back in the guard and then Jason Peters will be the left tackle. But okay, now JP is getting hurt five plays into the game like he does. And now you have to kick like you don't want to be shifting your offensive line currently. That doesn't seem ideal. So I have two kind of overall takeaways from the news, obviously beyond what you said about how this is the best sort of possible way out. Again, I don't know that they're they're climbing out of this hole, but this is, you know, this was the best thing that they could possibly do. Um, the first thing is is to your point about the the shifting and the changing is, and we had a reactionary episode go up on our network and we had a video go up on our YouTube channel as well. Um, if they don't sign a swing tackle, the Dallas Cowboys, they have learned nothing from, from this yeah. entire process. I mean, like, the, the, like the last two uh, tomorrow for us, the day this episode goes out, will mark two weeks since Tyron Smith was injured. And 
there has at no point been any suggestion that Josh Ball or Matt Waletsko, who were the primary candidates to be this team's swing tackle, should be the left tackle in, in lieu of Tyron. So like that in and of itself, I feel like is an admission of like, yeah, this plan was stupid. This plan was you know bad and it backfired on us. So like, how can you go at this? I'm with you again, Jason. We both agree. This is the best possible thing you can do at this point in time. How have you not learned to hedge your bet? Because even this is not a reliable bet in Jason Peters. It's the most reliable one you can make, but you you have the resources, you have the funds, you have the abilities to hedge this bet. You're and like, so you're going to, you're going to be like kicking Tyler Smith in and out, you know, from guard to tackle, like mid game. Like, how is this possible for any player, let alone a rookie? I mean, it's so unfair to Tyler Smith. And I, my own personal belief is the Cowboys waited this long. Cause like I said, it would have been nice if they had, had signed him, you know, the day after the Tyron injury, when first take was out there and whatnot. But my, if they had done that, and I think you agree with this, they would not have been able to have sold Tyler Smith starting at left tackle. I think they wanted this. I think they absolutely wanted an opportunity for Tyler Smith to play at left tackle to prove, look at our, our wonderful, beautiful left tackle of the future, blah, blah, blah. And they're talking like, you know, like he, if he plays well, they, that he might just stay out there. That would be stupid mm. to me. I mean, that would be incredible. But if, if he does, I mean, I don't know that they plan on, on kicking Jason Peters to the right side. And all of a sudden Terrence steals. Now your swing tackle, like, there's a weird kind of way that these dominoes can all fall. Last thing I wanted to just slip in, the fact that this is Jason Peters and not, I don't know, whoever else, like whatever journeyman, to me signals that the Cowboys understand that Tyron is not coming back this year, or at least that they're not counting on it. You don't go, Jason Peters is not showing up to, if he's healthy, to not play for you for the entire season. Yeah, he's not signing to the practice squad without right. an idea that he's going to be playing games. Um, you're not putting all that work in as a 40-year-old, especially a player, just to, to sit around just in case like there's, there's obviously some kind of assurance or like realistic path to playing time there from a legacy standpoint of it all i don't think this is as big of an own as cowboys fans would want oh, this to be and you think it, I, I don't of like course. a lot of eagle fans are like good like i'm glad that he signed there because what, that that sets up the the like own even more so in my mind like what? if like because that that's playing with fire as a fan and that's to me like you you know i don't think i don't accuse you of this but you know that there are a lot of eagles fans where they've gotten a little big for these britches this, this offseason. All the offseason love has gone to a sector of Eagles fans' head. And I think those are the people that are like, good, good. And I understand if there's like a part of an Eagles fan that feels that way. I think there's a part that has to be terrified. Like th there's a part of you that, and maybe not you specifically, no. there's a part of you that has to be like, what if it works? Like, what, what if he's awesome for them? Like, what, like that would suck. Like, that, what if, like, Again, what what if they win the Super Bowl? What if Jason Peters wins a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys? Like that would would that not make you like hate a lot of things if that really happened? You're really just talking yourself into it. Uh, uh, I think it comes down to but the shifting in and out thing. I think that's going to be a very real thing, and I think that could, while again in a vacuum, signing Jason Peters and him being healthy and him playing left tackle would be the ideal situation at this point. The shifting in and out could be more damaging than you are expecting or anyone is really accounting for down there uh and there's an argument to be made i know i didn't make this argument i saw this argument on twitter i shout out to eagles nest who made this that uh playing for the cowboys strengthens jason peters hall of fame legacy which he is an eagles player obviously and it's not like the baseball hall of fame you don't go in as a certain player but it really only strengthens his legacy from a visibility standpoint sure. So, I mean, which, that's kind of the is a, on the Cowboys. Which is an acknowledgement there. that the Eagles are a little brother to the Cowboys as far well, as Well, I mean, you already felt that legacy. way, and now you're using that platform that you felt that way about to benefit an Eagles player. So tell me how that's like an own on the Eagles. I will say, um, 
so there was the, the the quote that Peters had about arrogance uh, back in 2018 kind of came up in, in all this, you know, whatever. Um, that quote, I don't know why it's like beloved by Eagles fans, first of all, because they I don't lost. think it is. Well, so that was the same week as Kamu Grugier Hill's uh, line about choking and whatnot. And the Eagles went on to lose the very next Which game. Was, that, yes. Uh, what was the first <laughs> play of that game again? How did that go? When I mean, he literally recovered what, what, what did, a fumble what did the and the What did the record book show? Like what he, happened? The I record mean, book show that Kamu <laughs> so, Grugier Hill recovered a fumble. Uh-huh. The refs reviewed anyway, it. Anyway. They, they looked so, at it and they said he didn't have it when he literally had it in his hands. That was maybe, honestly, by the way, the last time Carson Wentz was like, I don't know if you agree, like a functional quarterback in the NFL. Like, like that was the last, like, kind of shining moment that he had. I know they lost that game, but yeah, he, that, he wasn't great early on that game. But yes, he did lead them back. Right. Uh, anyway, so my point is uh, that quote came up and this I'm I'm being truthful here. Like I have I have been straight up about the Eagles this entire offseason. So I, I think I've I've earned the right to say this. If I were an Eagles fan, I would be a vile human being, first of all. But if I were an Eagles fan, the fact that Peters walked that line back, even understanding that he had to, uh, and in case anyone's unaware, he, um, in his first media session with the local media, said that it was he meant it as swagger. Uh, again, he, he softened what that line ultimately was four years ago. If I were an Eagles fan, that would bother me. Like, it, it wouldn't bother me to where, like, my life is ruined or impacted by it, but I'd be like, <sighs> like, it, it would make me, like, make that noise and roll my eyes. And if well, you're an Eagles fan and you're disagreeing, you're lying to yourself. Because I lied to myself when DeMarco left. I said I you didn't care. You lied to care. yourself a lot. Let's I, I said I didn't care that it was fine, that, you know, it was whatever, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Um, it bothered me. It, even though it, it failed, it bothered me. Like, well, it, it bothered me so much. from your perspective, but yes. Right. Even, that's what I'm saying. Like, even though it worked out wonderfully for the Cowboys, it still bothered me. It was so annoying to have to listen to Eagles fans, like, champion the cause. Man, like, that really speaks to, like, how how the world has changed as far as like the value of running backs that like that there was this yeah. like big like you know prize that that you know whatever but like that would be destroyed right like in today's uh sort of nfl world but um i'm i'm excited this is the best thing possible they could have done but seriously take take it seriously cowboys you have a chance get a swing tackle uh we have a game to get to but before i do i saw you and uh and the person who i think is just most up in arms about the jason peters thing shout out to the beautiful and talented Seamus. Um, you both shared this Jerry quote that happened on Tuesday morning that a lot of people were, were I, I don't think we're going to talk about this much at BTB, so I did want to squeeze it in. Uh, the quote, uh, Jerry was asked about how optimistic he was feeling about this season relative to other years. Um, he said, I have to believe one and one is three. I can't operate where one and one is two. Now, we all know it is physically but three is where you have to go. Now, I want to say. No, there's no, no defense for that. No, no. Like I, if you're talking about like your approach to life, I find this to be kind of beautiful. Like I, I kind of like, I, I get the like sense <laughs> you of are like. You are so gone. I, I get the sense of like. So hope far gone. And, and, you know, always wanting to, to you know, work out what's best. But. Like, you cannot believe this if you're running an NFL team. You can't. And I, you and I have talked about I've told you, Jerry said at training camp this year, first day, that his biggest flaw is not acknowledging his failures in life and acting as if they never happened. You cannot, in this world, operate as if one and one is three. I get the, the like, message behind it, but everybody else operates as if one and one is two. So you have to, you have to live in that world. You have to live in reality. You can't just pray and hope you know, that all these exceptions are going to happen to you all the time just because you want them to. I can't believe there's any defense or explanation. It's like, just no. I just, I, I don't even know what to say to that. It's just, 
it was funny. so bad. It's funny to look at from my perspective, but it's like, this is the guy who's ultimately running the show. Like, really? Like, this is it? Uh, so I wouldn't. That's another bad vibe thing, RJ. That goes into what no, I said. Th- there's a have... long list of bad vibes. This is not on the list. This well, is one of those like. No, it is on the list. It's not the main thing, but it's another thing in the bad vibes column. It's just like, here's what I quote tweeted you for the listeners who aren't on Twitter or may not have saw. You're telling me like everything that's gone on with the Cowboys this offseason and the owner talking like this. You're telling me this is the year for them or this or even saying, OK, they don't win the Super Bowl. OK, this is the team that's going to make history and repeat as division champions for the first time through 2004. Out of all teams, this is going to be the one. Not that's only do no you believe that in your heart, not only hearts. be the first team in the division to repeat but the cowboys haven't been to the playoffs in back-to-back years since 2006 and 2007 and they haven't won double digit games in back-to-back years since 1995 and 1996 i say all that i mean and i believe it in your heart of hearts do you believe that this is the year that that changes in your heart of hearts do you believe it no but yes because like it's it's hard it is hard to find fewer than 10 wins for them and that's probably enough at least to get to the playoffs I mean, it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult when they have a a franchise quarterback. So, like, barring some, you know, this is the the same truth for every team, barring some crazy injury or whatever, it's hard to see them not treading water, which is all they have to do. That starts with with Sunday. This is one of their most difficult games, Sunday night against the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. And I think Chris Godwin's going to play. That's a little up in the air. Obviously, Tampa's offensive line is is arguably more beat up than the Cowboys. Dallas is, is quote unquote, only missing Tyron Smith as far as, um, you know, uh, expected starters for this season. You know, they, they moved on from other people over the offseason. But um, so Tom Brady's 6-0 and against the Cowboys. If, if you want more history to kind of work with, Tom Brady's had some bad vibes or questionable vibes, people have said. Um, as of now, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, who are our sponsors over the SB Nation NFL show, where you can hear the look ahead, obviously. Um, they currently, at the time of our recording, which is Tuesday afternoon, have Dallas as two and a half point underdogs. That has risen uh, as of Sunday night. I tweeted this out. They were one and a half point underdogs. Mm. Um, so they don't know exactly, you know, where that that line move came from. Um, I don't I still don't know how I'm going to pick this thing, but this is one of their more two difficult games. I told you last year at the season opener, they were going to go one and one through their first two, which were at Tampa and against the Chargers. They lost the first one, the second. I kind of feel the same this year. Next week, Dallas at Cincinnati at home. So two games at home to start. Um, I don't think it would be impossible for them to win this game. This is the weakest version of, of Tom Brady's Buccaneers to date. Um so if, if Dak and CD had a like go off game, Micah Parsons has a Micah Parsons moment. It's definitely possible. So number one, uh, I was a little distracted while you were talking because uh, I don't know about you, but I have iMessage set up on the laptop that I use. And I see I have 47 notifications on red text since I started doing this podcast. And I'm afraid to open that. <laughs> so that's number one. And we'll see how high that count gets to the episode. I won't I won't check it. I'll be good. Uh, number you should two, check it. Like, make sure there's not an emergency or something. I mean, <laughs> I did check. Like, I did check on to, to my right for those who aren't looking. And if I look off screen, I do have my phone next to me, and I like I can see who it's from. And it's not. It's not like a like my you know, someone like a family member. Or okay. Something. Okay. Like, like, but it's it's it seems like it's a group thing. Um. So yeah. So don't. No one worry. Hopefully okay. on that front. But um. Still interesting. And then and that, that's this kind of week. By the way, a little peek behind the curtain. 
I always say, RJ, I don't know about you, but like going into week one is incredibly stressful because it's not just about preparing for the scope of week one, like it is in week five or like as you get into the season, it's preparing for the scope of the entire season, which there's yeah. a lot going on. You're getting pulled in a million different directions. Again, not complaining, love our, love our jobs, but it's, it's just stressful. Just being honest with you all. All right. So that tangent aside, uh, I got to go with the Bucks here, man. I, I do agree that them and all these top kind of NFC contenders, and you can throw the Eagles and the Cowboys in that conversation. They all, they all have flaws and holes you mm-hmm. can poke at. But if there's one guy, and I do agree the vibes have been weird with him, but if there's one guy in the NFL who gets the benefit of the doubt more than anyone, totally it's agree. Tom Brady. Like it's, that's, that's how simple it comes down to. It's the same kind of logic you have for the Cowboys still winning the NFC East in your mind. Um, so I'm not going to bet against him. I'm not going to say I feel like amazing about this game. It's a lock. But I do feel confident enough with Brady, even given the weekend offensive line. And even though that's true, I mean, a pretty good receiving core, pretty good pass catching group, like so good that they cut. What's his name? I can never I always get him. And uh, I feel like the the guy that's on uh, Atlanta now mixed up, um, which is like TJ. What's his name? Tyler. Tyler Johnson. Right. Who are you talking like what? <laughs> the receiver? I was saying the receiver. Like well, the, the new the new one that is all the rage is Russell Gage in Tampa. That's yes. and Tom Brady recruited him and everything. So you pair him, uh, not pair, but you add him to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, obviously a Gronkless team now. Um Julio Leonard, Jones, who apparently like Julio Jones, right? Yeah, I mean camp. um look, there are like obviously there are reasons to take the bucks. The, I think this is always true for me, for the Cowboys, and you, for the Eagles. I reserve the right to change my pick for final pick purposes. Obviously, I create a lot of Cowboys content. You create a lot of Eagles content. I'm going to pick the Cowboys now, mostly because I want to. Um, And that's – well, like, look, we've kind of, like, talked about our jobs here. One of the best things about our jobs is we're not, like, oh, you you can't, like, root for your teams. Like, we are, like, who we are because we love these teams and are obsessed with them. And, like, I want – I don't want to, like, go through the whole offseason and then get to week one and not pick the Cowboys. I want them to win, obviously. So, like, I'm going to pick them, but I can talk myself into it. I think it – like, but we, we talk all the time about can you see a path. It, I think it, it requires like a Micah Parsons. Holy crap. He's Micah Parsons moment. You know what I'm saying? Like if you get that, I, I think there's enough on offense to work with. I could totally see that. I, I am very, very interested. We haven't really seen this Cowboys offense together, obviously since the season ended. I mean, so what is Dak and CD going to look like? What are Zeke and Pollard going to look like? What's Dalton Schultz going to look like? What's everything else going to look like this offensive line? Tyler Smith, the left tackle. There are a billion questions, I, but I can see a path where it works. And if they get this win, that's a really, really positive step. That doesn't mean all of a sudden they're winning the Super Bowl, but this is one of the more difficult games, certainly for the first half of the season, but on the season as a whole. So I'll take the Cowboys, and um, I don't feel great about it, but it is kind of a coin flip thing for me. It's a big game in terms of vibes for them. Like, if you beat the Bucks, you're like, okay, we're feeling decent. Maybe the mm-hmm. offseason wasn't as bad as we all thought. I still think it is, but, like, you're feeling like, whatever. Okay, it doesn't matter. We're here. We're one to know. We're feeling good. Uh, I do think the Bucks pass rush as well. Uh, with Joe Tryon and Shaq Barrett, is obviously going to, I think they're going to create some pressure on Dak, given the state that they're the Cowboys offensive line right now. Um, oh, and Akeem Hicks too, underrated addition. Mm-hmm. I, I think he, apparently he's still looking great, uh, healthier than ever. I think that's a, a, a big X factor in this game. Um, the Bucks have come such a long way. I remember in 2016, the Cowboys hosted them and they were flexed into Sunday night football. And I remember when Joe McCoy signed with the Cowboys, he was like, he had played with the Panthers that one year, but he was like, I played in like five primetime games 
my entire Bucks career. Like, obviously, pretty Tom Brady, but he was like, I get to, and unfortunately, he didn't get to play for the Cowboys. But, you know, he was super excited about the stage that it offered. This is a good week one Sunday night game, so I'm very excited about it. Uh, let's move on to the saltiest team in the NFL uh, right now, saltiest fan base. Oh, Jason Peters, he sucks. Watch out for all the holding penalties and injuries. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are in the Motor City, taking on the Detroit Lions. And shout out, by the way, to our new co-worker, Jeremy Reisman. Uh, everybody check out PrideofDetroit.com for all uh, of his fantastic coverage. I mean, that's the landing page, right? But Jeremy does a lot of things. Uh, currently, DraftKings has the Eagles as four-point favorites. This is it. This is the litmus test. We we have done a lot of talking. We've done a lot of listening, a lot of hyping up, a lot of gassing up and, and throwing flowers at, at Howie Roseman. Can this team deliver? I could not. I, I could see a world where they lose. And it's like, oh, my God, we did the, all the hype in the offseason for this. This was a big, I wouldn't say a big game for them last year when they beat the Lions, but it was like a big kind of statement. Right? It was like, the start of the turnaround, really. Right. And it, it was like, you know, if you're a good team, go throttle the Lions. And they did. And I, I don't buy the Lions the way a lot of people do. I know, like, football Twitter is obsessed with them. But they're certainly a little bit more cute and plucky than they were a year ago. This is not an easy game. But if you're a legit team, if you're a Super Bowl contender, like people say, if you're a, a, a franchise quarterback, Jalen Hurts, you should have your way with this Detroit Lions team. We did a podcast this offseason a few weeks ago now with our good friend Tim, uh, the whiskey influencer on Instagram. You can give him a follow, especially if you do like whiskey, who is an Eagles fan. Uh, but we had talked about like overrated whiskeys and we talked about overrated teams and I went with the Lions there, RJ, as you know, as the team that's kind of been so uh, underrated that they're overrated. Like everyone's mm. pick is like, wow, you know, my that team, that sneaky team this year, the Lions. I'm like, I already knew you were going to say that because everyone is saying that. And uh, stop it's saying things that are not unique and and like pawning them off is like super. Unique. I hate that so that's much. Big <sighs> pet peeve. Someone, by the way. Uh, I forget if we addressed this on the show already. Someone's uh, Apple podcast review was like, this show is just RJ and BLG complaining all the time. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what a podcast <laughs> that's, is. Ultimately, that's the okay? essence of life, really, uh, ultimately. It's just like complain until you die. But Yeah, uh, and honestly, okay. to me, and I get this with Eagles criticism and like over the years, and to me, it's it's like, to me, the way I think about, you know, things like that, things you complain about, you're getting it out. Like it's one thing if you're if we say it every single episode and we're harping on it, okay, maybe we're being annoying at that point. But sometimes you just get it out and then you can like just let go of it. You know, then you process mm -hmm. it. It's out there and it's good. And so sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you have issues with your friends or your family. It's not healthy just to hold it in and pretend like it doesn't exist. You have to communicate it. You get it out there and then you can move on. That's how we do it in my family, at least. Let me ask you a question, family to family. What what is the recipe for like Eagles freak out? But like beyond a loss. Like e like even is it like is a freak out possible if there's like if we get like a 13 to 10 win you know what i mean like this like kind of ugly win like what what leads to the like um the you know the riots of like oh man all you did was just bathe in the offseason hype you're just the same old team well my parents aren't like uh they love the eagles but they're and i haven't watched a game with them in a bit since we don't live together but uh i think they're generally more rational about <laughs> about it uh, when I was little, I was just like an emotional mess. Just any kind uh, of loss, just devastated. I'm with um, you. And obviously now as you get closer to it, some of that emotional attachment is lost. But just because you don't have the time to even do it because you're doing so many things after the game. I'm interested my, to see where this answer goes. Okay. Yeah, my All family right. is, I just think, you know, my dad's probably getting mad a little bit during the game. But after the game, and he's frustrated, but it's not, it's nothing, any kind of like major freak out. Just more like frustration. What about you? I was, to be clear, I was asking like, 
what the recipe is for like all of Eagles fans freaking out, not not just your family. Well, I you meant my family. <laughs> well, I said family to family, like me to you, like mixtape to mixtape, BTB to BGN. That's how I meant it. But uh, so that was a cool kind of peek behind the curtain. But like, what happened? What has to happen in this game for Eagles? Because like, I think if if the Eagles come out and have a win against the Lions like they did last year, or even like they did against Atlanta in the season opener a year ago, then I I think it's like okay, if the ride is on, like and you know what I mean, like get ready, you know, plan the parade route type stuff. But what what's the opposite? Like beyond again beyond the obvious of like oh they put up like a hundred yards of total offense. Like what what is within what is a, a a possible probable path that could lead to freak out? I mean not covering for sure. I think and that line mm. is a little suspicious to me because you would think the way that people are talking about the Eagles heading into this season, the way people are talking about this game, like no one is like they're gonna lose to the line. Like no one is thinking that. And if that's the case, then why isn't the line like seven or something closer mm. to that? Why isn't it a big spread? Um, so I think there is some kind of interesting things going on there. I said, since the schedule came out, the Eagles were going to lose to the Lions and I've soft on softened on that from the standpoint of, I just think like when you compare the talent, it's like, it's, it's a little tough to say, cause the Lions aren't like majorly improved from last year. They added some pieces, but not like a ton. Like they added Aiden Hutchinson and so they had a good draft class, I think, but their quarterback is the same. Um, it's not like a huge roster overhaul. They had a DJ Chark, who's a nice player, but like they, they're not sweeping changes by any means, unlike the Eagles. Uh, so you know, now you could you know argue, okay, they have continuity, but it's continuity on a team that was really bad last year. So um, I have a tough time picking the Lions ultimately to beat the Eagles, but I am sticking kind of with my theme that a moral loss, which mm. you have to love that term, is definitely in play. That's actually how the 49ers opened their season last year I would say arguably against the Lions like they they won the game but it was way closer than it should have been and you didn't really walk away with a good feeling as a 49ers fan after that one so I think it's possible we could see that again where the game is a little bit closer for comfort the offense maybe doesn't totally explode uh the defense is fine I think that's what it looks like I think that's really well said um like saying they don't cover is like such a simplistic way to put it, but there's, there's a lot of layers to that onion, as you mentioned. Um, I think that's like, that's, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. And, and just, I was kind of browsing. I wasn't ignoring you. Like you were ignoring me with your text message situation, but I was looking up the other odds uh, again, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook where we look for ours. Um, the 49ers are seven point favorites over the bears. That's that like, that's kind of chalk, right? Like that makes sense to us. Right. The Baltimore Ravens are seven-point favorites over the Joe Flacco-led Jets. So, you know, DraftKings is not believing in too much of a revenge game there. The Indianapolis Colts are seven-point favorites over the Houston Texans. Like, that, mm. to me, is interesting. Division. Yeah. Right. Like, that. that's interesting. I would have thought that, you know, this Eagles-Lions game would have had a larger spread. The Cincinnati Bengals are six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um the New Orleans Saints, who Peter King picked to finish so as the one seed um, in the conference. Why? Why? Why I, are people doing that? Look, I again, like, I can who see a path. That? I can see a path to them being like a wild card team, like maybe yes, even winning the course. division, right? Because they they like kind of own Tom Brady, right? But like, yeah, the conference it, isn't great, but one seed, no. Um, well, they are five and a half point favorites over the Falcons. Now, is Sean um, Payton bad now? Because everyone just somehow decided that like losing him wasn't important <laughs> the people who are high on the scenes by the way uh not to make this back to the cowboys again but the day we're recording this um sean did a, a like a hit with Kay adams on her new show um and talked about the cowboys buccaneers game gave a lot of love to dan quinn like specific like two different times mentioned dan quinn by name 
never in the hit they at least clipped out never mentioned mike mccarthy or kellen moore i just thought that was a little interesting like sean sean knows the game you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, but anyway um similarly um the dolphins are only three and a half point favorites over the patriots you know what i mean like what uh the titans are five and a half point favorites over the giants like that's the line i was kind of looking for here with this eagles you yeah. know Lions game. Close. The the Chiefs, granted they're the Chiefs, but the Tyreekless Chiefs, we have questions, whatever. They're six point favorites over the Cardinals. Oh, you mm. know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I, I know we, we both think they're frauds, but still. Um, and um, and the Broncos are six and a half point favorites in Seattle. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, again, you're right. Like, I would have expected maybe six, six and a half, four just feels like way too generous. Maybe that is people. Or maybe like them trying to get you know suckers for the Lions. I just don't buy it. All due respect to Jeremy Rice. Yeah. Um, but uh, but maybe um, I will take the Eagles right now. Again, we'll make our our official official picks on the look ahead. But um, but for now, I'm leaning Eagles. And I but I am in this like kind of prove it to me mode. Um, we, we um we didn't touch on this with the Cowboys. I know you already wrote your power rankings at bleedinggreennation.com. Uh, mine aren't out yet at the time of this recording. I have the Cowboys ninth and the Eagles tenth. Um, in my initial power rankings. I don't know where you have the two of them. Yeah, the Eagles just outside the top 10, right under the Miami Dolphins at 11, and then the Cowboys right under them at 12. I don't know if you saw this, but the betting odds, the Eagles actually have overtaken the Cowboys as the betting favorite in the division for what that's worth. See, I have Miami down at 22. I, again, mm, like, I'm kind of like, I need to see. You're way too low on them. That's fine. Look, I, again, I didn't go to I didn't go to Dolphins practice. Did, and, like, you weren't there. I, I saw it with my own eyes, RJ. <laughs> but... Like I'm a just real like guy. The, I would put a few teams into this box for me. I would put the Dolphins, the Eagles, the uh, Broncos, all in the same box. It's just kind of like I need to see it. You know Dolphins what I mean? Like are beating I, the I, Patriots this week, by the way. It's a lock. That, that's anyway. not like a bold yeah. take by any means. I'm but like, to lock it in. I I need to see those things though to believe them, and they're different levels of belief. Like, okay, Eagles, you want to be a Super Bowl contender? I need to see something to believe that. Dolphins, you want us to take you seriously? I need to see something to believe it. The Broncos, like again, like we act like what is what about Nathaniel Hackett? Like we have no idea who this dude is as a head coach. Like I need to see it to believe it. Um, okay, so we both are taking the Eagles as of now. You did back to um the podcast we do with Tim. You did pick the Lions to win the season opener then. Um, so we'll see. Uh, we will make our official picks on the look ahead. Okay, we're going to get to the Commanders and the Giants. But before we do, we're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Welcome back, Brandon. While we were gone, you told me that you picked up a new hobby. What is that hobby and why did you choose it? I'm not really a big hobby guy. I did disc golf on uh, I know you Monday. Did. Frisbee you golf, talk. frothing, whatever you want to call it. Some people would call it just golfing and would call the golf that you like ball golf, you know, that's, I think it's a fair interpretation. People would do that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. I'm not good at it at all. I'm, I'm actually really terrible. I do throw, uh, like, how would you say that forehand? I throw forehand. I don't throw like, you know, like people like to, for the, the YouTube audience, you know, like this, like the backhand people do that a lot like of the you're time. Saying, you're like I you're throw saying you're like, like your, your hand is upward when you're facing the, like when you let go, you're you're like the palm of your hands facing the sky. Let me go get a disc real quick. You vamp, and I'll show people. Uh, um, I don't think the disc is necessary, but I will always. Give you what we're going to talk about vamp. next, and I'll come back for it. Well, uh, while Brandon is gone and can't hear me at all, uh, my dog is barking in the background, and we are going to get to the Commanders, by the way, who have a new coach on their staff, uh, which I know Brandon is passionate about. I was telling the people, Brandon, that the Commanders have a new coach, and I'm sure you have some takes on it um like this like oh whoa that is awkward um so yeah you throw it like i would like you throw it like underhand like almost like sidearm kind of stuff yeah kind of like that 
it gets some good distance like the accuracy it can be eh, but like when i hit it and i'm not con like consistent throwing it you know are you also well. pinching it with only your index finger i don't know how to throw it right but i kind of do like this typically uh, like two of them okay but like some people say you should put it like I'm showing pe for the, the people audio listeners. I am mm -hmm. showing the finger placement inside the disc there, but it's fun. It's a fun activity. And even if you're not good, it's still kind of, you know, it's a good thing to do with a group. So I went with a group of people, friends. You went, you went with some uh, some onlookers, which is That's what right. the listeners of the look ahead have dubbed themselves. Um, so we've got the onlookers battling against. I kind of like mixologists. Like I know that we kind of hate that, but I'm kind of like I'm leaning that direction. Because you know what's cool if we go with mixologists is we can have people uh, send us like drink recipes that they like. You know what I'm saying? Like I kind of like where that you know that takes us. I mean, sure, why not? Uh, Holden, Holden, who I was disc golfing with, I will say, loyal listener, Holden, uh, did say that the look ahead is going to be better than the mixtape. So that's a bold, that's a bold prediction for this season. I'm not like offended, um, but I'm a little bit. Um, so anyway, uh, the Washington Commanders, in super surprising fashion, hired Ryan Kerrigan. This is big loser energy. I'm not a fan of this move. Mm. And I, like, I, I just mean like on principle. I hate this is also one of those like things where people pitch it as like an original idea. Well, the Cowboys should just have Tony Romo be their offensive coordinator and uh, and Sean Lee should be their defensive coordinator. And Demarcus Ware could be the linebackers coach and Jason Wooden could be the tight ends coach. This is no, this is like. I'm not I'm not in on this and you're adding him this late mm. to the game this just feels this feels wonky this feels weird um and after you fired your defensive line coach like I just uh, this feels awkward this feels very unron Rivera y to me I don't really hate it for them but it, it it's definitely the timing is weird to your point and then also it's it's a weird place for me because Ryan Kerrigan was so just invisible for the Eagles last season randomly until or I should say until randomly he was great in the playoff game against the Bucks. He was like one of the few players who showed up for that bad Eagles blowout loss. So it just made no sense. Ended up being his last game in the NFL. And I'm not surprised. I mean, he's, he's always been a Washington lifer. I think he stayed there longer than he should have or really needed to. I think he mm -hmm. did feel loyalty to them for who knows what reason, but he did. Uh, so I think it's fun. If you're is a commander fan, is he the greatest player in our like, professional generation like in in the like era of our jobs our jobs have kind of been a big talking point today like he's kind of their best player is he not like our, our most visible most like iconic player maybe i think there have been like conversations like is ryan kerrigan a hall of famer and he's not but i think there have right. been like conversations like that in washington in part just because like he would be the closest one right or one of them obviously like trent williams but he's not just a commander's player he's been with the 49ers for a little mm. bit now you mean Trent um, Williams got a glow up after he left a, a really bad NFC East team interesting and went to outside the NFC East and also was not 40 years old and battling constant injury issues in and out of the lineup all the time we're gonna we're gonna look back on that era by the way like we're talking about like maybe I don't know that there were ever maybe like as far as the division is concerned like mm -hmm. that high quality left tackle play happening all throughout the division. Trent Williams, Jason Peters, Tyrant Smith. Like it was a gauntlet. I mean, just, you know. Who did the Giants have? I mean, they had no one for a while, but did they have anyone decent at all in that stretch? They had. I mean, again, like the whole point is like not cut of this cloth. You know what I'm saying? Like these are yeah. three, no, these are three Hall of long. Famers. You know what I mean? So that's well, pretty Beattie crazy. was a good player, but I don't remember if he coincided with them at all. That's just crazy though, that like all three would have Hall of Famers, not simultaneously, but in the same, you know, era. That's pretty cool. Um, so, you know, hey, um, it is what it is. But um, the Washington Commanders are favorites 
um, this week. They are actually one of two teams in the NFC East that are favorites this week. Uh, the Eagles are the other. So spoiler alert for our final team. The Commanders, two and a half point favorites. Carson Wentz's most recent NFL game was not in a Commanders uniform. It was in an Indianapolis Colts uniform, but it was against the Jaguars. This one, however, not in Duval County. It is in our nation's capital. Not technically. Uh, but um, I don't know, man. I, I don't know how I feel. I think it, it's like super easy to be like, oh, I'm not big on the Commanders, but I could see it. I mean, you know, like I like the Jaguars are also in that box of like I not that I need to be like I have it proved to me, but we just have no no idea. Like we almost have no idea who Trevor Lawrence really is. Like they were operating under like such a, a handicap last year that it, it it's an interesting kind of experiment to see who the Jaguars are. Yeah, it is so fitting that Carson Wentz would be playing his first game against this team. Carson Wentz versus Doug Peterson. I I want the Jags to win this game so badly because then it can you know, allow me to tweet. That's that's what really matters. NFL results happening, so I'm allowed to tweet certain things that I want to tweet to fit my narrative, as everyone likes to say. Uh, but really, I do want, because it's going to be lame. I, there's actually people out there that I've seen, I think they're very much so in the minority, that said they're like going to boo Doug Peterson when he comes back to Philly when the Jags play. That is so stupid. I'm like, that are you serious? so dumb. Again, I think this is a very much the minority, but that there would be like anyone doing that is so dumb to me. It's like there's this there's people who who believe like, oh, because of that bad year they had in 20. That was all Doug and Wentz doesn't deserve any blame. He was a victim. Like, get no, this is so wrong. Could not be more wrong. I I hate that. It's borne out, too. I hate the cousin of that like idea, which is like once they take off the uniform, I don't, I, I they're dead to me. I don't root for they're them. Dead no, dude, like this is stupid. You can love Doug Peterson. I think you can appreciate Carson Wentz. I, you can feel some, you know, not great things about the way it ended, but he helped deliver a Super Bowl to, to the city. Of yeah, no you know one I mean? denies like, that or shouldn't um, deny that. Yeah. So, I. I'm so interested to see who he is. I'm I'm fascinated. I really am. Like I'm I'm not obviously rooting for him, uh, but I have kind of turned into a defender of his. So if I want, like, a, I, I would love, I would love to see Carson Wentz go off and Matt Ryan be terrible. Like that would be so funny to me. Like as far as like the Colts having to eat some crow, um, I don't think that's likely. I think I'm going to take the Commanders to cover here. I just don't know. I really don't have a clue who these Jaguars are, and I'm I'm fine betting against them until mm-hmm. we have a, a more firm idea. I will take the Commanders to win the game, but I'm going to take the points. I'm going to be a coward and hedge because I do think it could be close, a little bit too close for comfort for Washington. I don't. I can't bet on Carson Wentz. I can't like put my faith in him. I have more faith in Doug Peterson than I do in Carson Wentz. Again, I'm taking. The Jags to lose ultimately still because I think <laughs> to your point, I don't know exactly what the, it been the worst so team in the league. You're like, you're quibbling over a point and a half. Like that's it. Like yes. it's a two and a half point line. Like it's not like they could I, win could, by... I, I could get your point if it was like a six point spread, like we've been talking about, but like, this is two and a half points. Like that's, I mean, it's, it's a it's, hedge it's, though. There's obviously a difference, but like, it's not substantial the way you're making that out to be. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close win for Washington. That's my score. My score prediction would be like, you know, 29 27 something like that so i have to take the two and a half i do think uh it's just going to be so good for me uh to see hopefully the jaguars emerge victorious because as if the carson Wentz getting ducked, dunked on tour wasn't long enough like that's going to be another thing if that happens it's like whoa Doug, dougie beat him doug Peterson beat him so i really hope that happens 
Um, I'm also this. We'll talk about this on the look ahead, but like, I'm very interested to see besides Trevor Lawrence, like Travis Etienne. I'm very interested to see Christian Kirk, right? Like the Jaguars have so many like question marks. Christian Kirk, by the way, on my fantasy team, I know everybody cares. Last year, I had lots of NFC East representation. Remember, I had Miles Sanders, Terry McLaurin, and Kenny Galladay. This year, Miles Sanders is back. Mm. Um, CD uh -oh. Lamb in the fold, along with Tony Pollard. No commanders, no giants, but Christian Kirk is part of the squad. So, um, you know, I'm kind of hoping he goes off a little bit, you know? So, um, kind of is what it is. Um, okay. Uh, you have anything else to say on the Jaguars? I mean, the commanders? Oh, we don't talk about them at all. So we should probably just move on to the final team that we also don't talk about. The New York on the road to potentially being mediocre. Hopefully, that is the standard there at this point in time. Once again, at Football Giants. Uh, five and a half point dogs, the biggest spread of any NFC East game, uh, this particular week against the Tennessee Titans that is in Nashville for what it's worth. The Titans without AJ Brown in their first game, first game without him are five and a half point favorites against the Giants. Um, I don't put the Giants in that box of like, I need you to prove this to me. I'm fine. Under I'm fine making my assumption about this. Like I like what, what if like, what what is different? Saquon is going to prove us wrong, you know. <laughs> like, like with Giants fans, or maybe Saquon himself, not consider this a victory if he had like a hundred two yards, but they lost like thirty eight to seven. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of the vibe this has. Saquon is back, baby. He's he's great. He's gonna he's gonna do awesome. That's that's the uh, that's the word coming out of New York. Um, don't really know how to feel about the Titans. Pretty disappointing. I actually had them. Let me look at my power ranking. By the way, I had Washington 22nd in my power rankings. That's just two spots behind the Tennessee Titans, who I have at 20th. I think they're one of the biggest stock down teams in the NFL soft season, along with the Cowboys. They finished in, obviously uh, first in the AFC last year, but like, don't you? Wouldn't you think it's more likely they missed the playoffs this year than make it? Okay, no. so quickly, where do you have the commanders in your power rankings? I have them. I have the commanders at 22nd. I have the Titans, who we're talking about, at 20th. Okay, so I have the commanders 23rd. Um, and where did you have the Jaguars? Just out of curiosity, just so we tied I have the Jaguars at 26, which is right below the Giants at 25. I have them at 24. I have the Giants at 31. Again, like, I need to see something. Mm. Like, to, you know, whatever. Um, I have the Titans. Where did you? I'm sorry. Like, I got so confused. Where do you have the Titans? 20th. I have them at 16th. Um, but I, I have them ahead of like just the first few teams, Indianapolis, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. But I mean, I certainly people like uh, people see these things and they're like, well, how can you build? It's like, well, yeah, I think that's who they are right now, but they're probably going to like be worse as the season goes along. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think they're going to be a top 10 team this year. Um, still though, they're so much better than this, this Giants team. Like, I just, I, can you like, what, what path is there? Like how, how do the Giants win this game? Like it just, it feels, you know, it feels over already. I'm, I'm for being honest. Um, I mean, do you do you think that they're winning? The, do you think there's any chance they cover five and a half points? The game is in Tennessee. Tennessee, yes. Um, I do really wonder what the Titans are going to be with one of their their main piece, their main identity, Derrick Henry. Like, is he still Derrick Henry? You know, what is he? What is Derrick Henry at this point? Because He's better than anything the Giants have at the very sure, least. Absolutely. But, you know, if the identity isn't going, yeah, I think you have to take the Titans. What what can you hang your head on with the Giants? They're a team that's not trying to go all out to win. They, they know this isn't their year, and we've talked about that. And a little annoyingly, 
uh, I was talking to Ed Valentine, not annoying to talk to him, but annoyingly that I, I had to talk to him or had to agree with him that like the Giants have been making some sensible moves during cuts last week. They actually claimed a player that the Eagles cut named Jack Anderson, who most beat reporters who cover the Eagles had making the Eagles 53-man roster and did have a good summer. Mm. Uh, and now he might actually be starting for the Giants this year, or at least at some point here. So like they're making good moves, and that's annoying, but obviously those moves are still on the margins and we're talking about fringe talent here fringe ish talent so i'm gonna take the titans i think the giants are not trying to win really not in this I, game obviously they're going all out to win but in the bigger picture this year i am too um but to hold up you're saying this person is like the trey sermon for the new york giants the way trey sermon was for the the eagles like oh whoa, whoa, how we like that's no, we're, a get, little we're getting a, we're getting a little overboard with Howie, and like I praised Howie last week, but like we don't have to make up reasons to praise him. Like, oh, he was going to trade for him, and then John Lynch cut him, and then he was able to sign him. Like Howie's you know playing forty chess. Like, well, whoa, I mean, like, Howie himself, be- apparently, I would guess is the <laughs> one who like made a reason for him to get more praise because he's the one I'm guessing that leaked that to Adam Schefter, and then Schefter tweeted it. But yeah, no different different situation. I mean, the Eagles' offensive line, as you know, is is loaded, so they they cut a player from a loaded school group, and the Giants were smart to pick him up. And the Giants did it in part because their assistant GM now, Brandon Brown, worked for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And their current GM, uh, Joe Shane, worked for the Bills when Jack Anderson was a draft pick for them last year. So they kind of know who he is. Um, so to be clear, we both then are taking the Titans, right? Because it's, you know, again, we kind of like, we need to see something with this Giants team. Like We have a lot of questions. But, what you know, do you hang your hat on? It's a, it's a question we ask a lot here on the mixtape. The, what are the Giants hanging their hat on? Saquon, is that it? No, really? the, no, I know the answer. The the thing you hang your hat on is that Brian Dable helped develop Josh Allen. That's it. That that's the thing. Like that's the only thing they have. Maybe it, it's it's Thibodeau right now. You know what I mean? And that will be interesting to see. But like it's such an unproven thing. Not to doubt his NFL career. But like we're talking week one, game one. Um, so the biggest thing that I could give the Giants the advantage in might be vibes. Because the Giants, to their credit, I think have had a a, a quiet as we talked about like a vibeless off season. And the Titans have had a bad vibes offseason. And last thing, and kind of a note on all of these games, and something maybe we'll hit on again on the look ahead. Week one in the NFL can be weird. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and not just in the in the sense of we don't know what these teams are going to be. So there's going to be some surprises in that way, but also in a way that doesn't really indicate anything for the rest of the season. There there are plenty of games in, in past, and obviously you can pick this for a lot of weeks, I guess, but it feels like week one, especially where there's this totally random result that does not is not telling at all for the rest of that team season, either good or bad. I also, to that point, kind of will say, you know, we we invariably reach a point where like your average NFL fan feels like they've seen everybody at least once. Um, so like we, we've come at this from the approach of the divisional teams, but we don't really know a lot about the Bucks, right? Like there's a lot of questions there. We the Lions we've seen on hard knocks, like you said, but like we still don't know much about them. We don't know much about the Jaguars. We don't know much about the Titans. Week two, the Tennessee Titans are on Monday Night Football um, in Buffalo. So, you know, and, and for what it's worth, the Cowboys play on Sunday night, but the other three NFC games all take place at noon on Sunday. So, like, the average Eagles fan or a Commanders fan won't get to watch this Giants game is my point. So, like, if if we're sitting here a week from the day and the Giants have gotten throttled, it'll be very interesting to kind of see who these Titans are the following week on Monday Night Football. That's all I'm saying. Like, you know, like I have questions about these these divisional teams, but I have also questions about these other teams as well. So, like, it would be interesting, for example, if the Titans kind of have their way with New York and then just get destroyed by the Bills. And I know we think the Bills are great, but you know what I mean? Like, I just think that's, you know, it's part of the overall package. Um, and by the way, we got a lot of uh, 
you know, a lot of stuff coming up. Are there oh. two Monday night games in week two? There are. I don't there know are. how I didn't realize this. Double yeah, we got the, that right. isn't really a double header. Wow. So Eagles fans still won't get to see the Titans because they'll be playing their um they'll be losing at home to Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football. Look at that. And Jalen Raker. Uh got oh traded, I think, after I That's think true. after we recorded last week. Probably. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. And then the following week we get what a win. Uh week three, we get Dallas, New York on Monday night when maybe Jason Peters is making his debut. So we have a lot of stuff. Look, football season's here. I'm pumped. You're pumped. Like, how, how can you not be pumped at this point in time? Like, this is the best thing of all time. I'm very happy. We made it to, this is season two of the NFC's mixtape, right? Right? Yeah. Season two? I think so. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Time yeah. is hard to. It's season two, but we started the first one in the off season. Last yeah, like year. right before the 2020 NFL, or no, sorry, the 2021 NFL draft. Right. So we had a lot of mixtape and experience before last season. It was our first, our second season. Goodness gracious. So shout out to the mixologists that have been here from day one. I like mixologists more than listeners at this point in time. Um, okay. Um, so we both have Tennessee winning. We both have Washington winning, but I'll take, so we have, we both have the Titans winning and covering. I have the commanders covering and winning. Obviously you have them winning, but Jacksonville covering. Uh, we've both taken Philly to cover and win. Um, mm, I don't know. I think they win, uh, but I don't know if they cover. And I've taken Dallas to win, which would mean they, they cover. You've got Tampa winning and covering two and a half points as of now? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, we will go through these a little bit more in depth, obviously. Not in depth, actually. This is the in-depth part of the NFCs. But we'll touch on these um, on the look ahead and get to every single other game as a bit of a preview. Brandon, for everyone who's going to, for the first time, go from here to the look ahead, what non-NFC East game are you most looking forward to this Sunday? We'll, of course, talk about it on the look ahead. Why don't you pick first? Because I have not looked at the schedule and I'll have it I, in my mind. I don't know how I feel about the Bengals. Or I, at least I know that I don't. You're too low on them. Well, I don't. I'm not like as high on them as everybody else. So, like, I'm excited to see the Steelers. This is in Cincinnati. Um, so like, do the Bengals just kind of pick up where they left off? Like, is, is that, or do we just live in that world now? Or do the Steelers kind of go like not humble them, but you know, you know, maybe like maintain the status quo that's been there forever. Mitchell Trubisky was named the starting quarterback the day we're recording this. How does he look? I don't think it'll be great. Uh, but we trust Mike Tomlin. There's a lot of interesting factors. So I'm excited about that. I do hate divisional games this early on. You shouldn't be doing that NFL. That's stupid. Mm. Um, but I'm also in a weird way, looking forward to chiefs Cardinals. We both think the Cardinals are frauds um how badly do the chiefs without Tyreek destroy them um so you know those are, those are my two I'm gonna say the Dolphins because obviously <laughs> I saw them and they're really good and I also think the Patriots are getting way too much credit uh as I've talked about before and you know it would be only be on brand RJ that I mentioned the Russell Wilson Bowl the Broncos at the Seahawks Monday Night Football baby uh not that the Broncos success or lack thereof matters a ton so much for our interests but i i don't know i don't i don't know how to feel about the broncos i rank them in like eighth or something in my power rankings but i don't feel amazing about them i i, I have them i think 13th um such a body of work with rust that you like it's hard to not feel good about that but at the same time like i don't i still know if i trust well, like, like the situation the kind of, like who is nathaniel hackett as exactly. a, you know what I mean? Like I, I got, that is such, he, he has like for a new head coach of like a kind of like 
not a Tiffany brand organization, but the Broncos are a pretty like visible team. Like, it, Judy? like do we know? Yeah. Him? Like, well, and like, actually good? Who, who like, and I'm not like trying to like, you know, be dramatic, but like who on their defense, and I'm not trying to say these players don't matter, but like who on their defense outside of Patrick Sertain and Bradley Chubb, do you like believe in? You know what I mean? Like they're, they're a little top heavy and like, I don't know that Russell's the difference, but um, you know, uh, earlier this week, um, you know, I, I've been getting a lot of messages and you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, I, I played a lot of games there, but uh, you know, I, I never run out of that locker room before. <laughs> you know, I, you know, home home team and stuff. Uh, well, you know, I've, I've seen it on tours and stuff, but um, but you know, ne- never come out during the game. And so, um, th- th- this isn't about Russell Wilson. Th- th- this is about um, about about the Denver Broncos, and, and it's about the Seattle Seahawks. You know, had a great career there. Uh, put put up put up some Hall of Fame. Well, you know, hope hopefully Hall of Fame numbers. And uh, you know, we we won a World Championship, and um, you know, ha- have a lot of business. Um, you know, properties and entities going on there. I, I'll always love Seattle. I mean, it, it it's it's the home of, of of Grey's Anatomy. That show actually it takes place in Seattle, and so uh, there, there's a lot, you know, a lot lot there. But uh, but I'm I'm focused on, on where I'm at now, and, and and where I'm at now is actually where where I used to be uh, for for this week at least. But uh, but it, it's all about the task at hand, and, and that's that's why I resigned with this organization because I love I love the money that they. I mean, I want to win, uh, and, I, and we're going to win a lot of Super Bowls together in um, you know Broncos country. That's right. Well, congrats on the contract extension. <laughs> and that job, by the way, by Stats, who won't hear this unless you clip it and send it to him, that uh, didn't know what I was referring to when I said BCLR. Oh, dude. Time. Like, are you kidding me? We were really? actually well, – so that everyone knows, to be fair to you, we were talking about the Broncos and Russell yes. Wilson. And and BLG just sent a message that said BCLR. And Stats, like, again, in a conversation that was about the Broncos and Russell Wilson said, what's B- BCLR? Uh, <laughs> like, a little bit. Dude. thinking. Uh, so, okay. Uh, anything else before we leave, Brandon? This was a really good start. Really good first episode. Oh, uh, Nadal, how do you feel? Oh, I didn't get to see it because I was, you know, again out disc golfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't count. I didn't ah, see true it. True fan. Uh, I, I was I was busy. Um, <laughs> I, I love Nadal. He's the best. Uh, that's my take on him. Uh, take on the look ahead this week is that don't skip it. Because like oh I already listened to the mixed no like we're we so again for for, for uh, context here we're recording this episode Tuesday it's four twenty three Eastern here we're we're gonna be recording the look ahead on Friday morning so things will have changed we will also obviously be reacting every week to this is a an important distinction to Thursday night football but this week it's not Thursday night football that's another pet peeve of mine every year. The season opener, people refer to it as Thursday night football. No, Sunday it's this. Football. It's the Sunday night football crew working the Thursday opener. Uh, it's not the Thursday night football broadcast. I hate that. Don't be the people who call it Thursday night football. I hate that so much. Okay. Uh, yes, indeed. Also, not on Amazon. So that's another reason or another way you'll know that it's not Thursday night football since the, uh, Thursday night games are on Amazon this year. Um, that's that. And. To end the show, RJ, I had a trivia question for you. I know you had a trivia. You, you made Rachel, our, our wonderful producer here, the silent member, if you will, of the mixtape, um, running things behind the scenes. You made her uh, on the spot come up with a trivia fact on Monday Football Monday. But I have a trivia question for you that I want to end the show on. Okay. So, well, we're going to end the show once I ask you the question. Oh, so like I don't have to answer? So then why is this? But I'm saying like the answer, that's the end of the show. So hold up. Just so I know the sequence, like when to literally press stop recording. You ask me the question. Usually you're like, BLG, take us three words. I know. I know. But am I supposed to answer it or am I supposed to like end it? 
Okay, so I'm supposed to answer it and then end the show. Just again, I'm trying to understand the process. Right. You're throwing right. this out. Okay, so let's hear the question. RJ, the Eagles played the Lions last year. What was the score of that game? 38 to 3. 44 to 6. Nice. They beat us forever. <laughs> <laughs>